have to admit, I'm not feeling very good in the uh, out-of-context summary points today. I struggled. So, give me some pity reactions, at okay. least. So, here we go. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even started yet. In this episode, Blake tries to skip P.E. Swim Day. We see that the sprinkler system is definitely not up to code. And we go for a moonlit boat ride. Thank you for coming back from our replay reviews. My name is Leah. And my name is Kathy. We are two friends who are here to replay, review, and analyze your favorite video games. And since Kathy has never seen the games before, it helps me view them through her fresh eyes, almost like I'm discovering them again for the first time. We hope it will be a similar experience for you. Alright, are we ready? Mm-hmm. So Blake's new objective is to cross a lake to get to the mine. And as we walk up to it, we film the lake and there's like a person walking into the lake. And are they not tiny? They look tiny. The sizing looks off. It does. Maybe that lake is mixed with some kind of acid or something. Where as the man's walking forward, he's like disintegrating and he just like dies oh in the water gosh. and stuff. So at that point, like, that's why I'm like freaking out when you get near the water because I'm like, it's going to like melt you or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this person yet, but this looks like a character. I don't know if, have you seen them yet? Who? In Outlast? Think, yeah, in this game. I don't think you've seen him yet. Okay. So I guess I'll hold on to this, but it looks like mm -hmm. a certain someone. Either way, he looks too small. It looks like a doll is walking into that lake. Continuing on, as you mentioned, Blake makes a recording and when he reviews it, says, The lake smelled like chemicals and dead things. But the main thing about this is it ties back to the, the mercury in Jane Doe's blood that they were talking about in the helicopter at the start of the game. Do you think this is purposeful pollution? Is this Murkoff leaking on purpose? Or is this just they don't care whatever runs off? Maybe it's something with the sick bodies and stuff just being thrown into the water, contaminating it. And just like the bad toxin that they poison the people with is going back into the water. Okay, so like recycling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as Blake is wandering around this marina area, he hears a voice say, let me help you. And we've heard this voice a few times. Mm hmm. Why do you think he's hearing this? Is he just hallucinating in, in waking life? This is just another side effect? I think so. I think it's also the same kind of effect that he gets when he hears Jessica without seeing her. And it's the merging of dreams and reality. Uh, he does eventually find a document. There's a lot to dissect in here. I almost feel like we should go over this paragraph by paragraph. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Can you pull it up? All right. I will. All right, so first of all, September 17th, 2015, so we do have a year. At halfway point between the towers and the subjects, and signal remains strong. Safe to say any damage the electric storm caused, the relays, was minimal. Okay, so let's, let's tackle that one first. Mm -hmm. So towers and subjects. Are the subjects all these people? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. 
And then he's talking about towers and signals. So, I mean, does that go into what you were saying about, like, radio frequencies and Mm -hmm. all that stuff? And it makes me think that a lot of the the tower, probably whatever it's doing, and we'll read more about it later, it -hmm. probably has something to do with the helicopter crash. Agreed. All right, continuing on. Damn peaceful out here on the lake. I thought the microwaves were supposed to discourage birds, but I've been hearing a few owls that are either killing each other or having better sex than I ever got. <laughs> if these are supposed to discourage birds, do you think he's actually hearing owls or is is he hallucinating perhaps something? Or is this just like some of these subjects that just sound weird because they're so messed up at this point? I feel like there's no living life there. Like, we barely mm. even see rats. Have we even seen a rat in this game? I think the only thing we've seen are maybe some crows or ravens a time or two. Mm-hmm. But few and far between. I think he's just hallucinating. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking, too. All right, next paragraph. I'm going to hike a mile or so closer to the site tomorrow and take some more readings. Had a curious anomaly in signal strength in the last quarter mile. It actually got stronger as I traveled further from the towers and closer to the site. So this kind of flows into the next paragraph, but I think the thing to take from it is the signal that they're sending out. (laughs) I almost said the signal that they're signaling. Mm -hmm. The signal that they're pushing out is stronger away from where they're pushing it from. But I'm also wondering, is it like an issue of like receiving and giving? Is it that they're pushing or is it not meant to to push outwards? So I'm also wondering if how it is being received that maybe certain areas are meant to be received better. I think from context, because he says it's an anomaly, I think it's supposed to be stronger at the source. But then he continues on to say... It could be an effect of microwave parallax, but there's a more exciting option. It could be the mysterious feedback loop Dr. Ewan Cameron noted in his radio telemetry lab. The perceived self-inflicted discomfort and mass capitulation? Capitulation? Enabling the driven believers into becoming projectors. Which would be yet another bet I lose in a dinner I'd owe to Jenny Rowland. Okay, way to go, Jenny. So he's trying to explain what we were just talking about. The the signal being stronger away from the towers and closer to the site, which I think we can assume is this town. And he mentions Dr. Ewan Cameron. And I googled him. Mm -hmm. He's not a good guy. He was a Scottish-born psychiatrist. He's largely known today for his central role in unethical medical experiments and development of psychological and medical torture techniques for the CIA. Now, <laughs> oh my before you respond, he was hired to Project MK Ultra, which was a very big piece of the story in the first game of Outlast. I have in my notes something saying that is this doctor someone who worked with Wernicke on some kind of project and everything? So not coming on anything else right now, but holy cow, I feel like this is the connection in terms of project-wise or even partners that maybe they work together but i can totally see either one working together or two being once a mentor mentee or three you and taking up some of wernicke's notes and trying Mm -hmm. to restart this project agreed i feel like this is the link that we've been missing for Mm -hmm. most of this game 
But basically, it seems like the majority of his work had to do with brainwashing. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And not very surprising, considering what we've seen. So how does this affect your current theories with what's going on? I don't even know what my current theories are, but I'm thinking that maybe in brainwashing, do you think that, and this is not realistic, but are they like implementing some kind of thing into the people that got brainwashed into being the source of the signal? So it's the people that is adjusting the strength of the signal and not a physical sight. Do you think that it's possibly that that causes the mysterious pregnancy in females that we kind of got a hint about in Outlast 1? Or do you think they're two unrelated matters? So my uneducated theory is uh, well, no, to answer that (laughs) shortly. (laughs) But let me tell you why. So I think that well, we know that the the mysterious false pregnancies were effects of the Wallrider project of the morphogenic engine, like mm-hmm. side effects. But if if I'm correct, I don't remember ever hearing anything about radio frequencies in the first game. It seems like it was more that visual, like Rorschach test, all those weird visuals that they would play for the patients. But how that leaks out, I don't know. So what I'm thinking is that these radio signals are just basically the new way of administering whatever they're doing. I think it's the same thing affecting them, affecting the women. So I'm also wondering what is the feedback loop? And what Yeah. What what are they trying to what kind of feedback are they trying to get? <laughs> From my understanding, the the feedback loop is something that Dr. Cameron saw. And in, in his experiments, torture, we'll call it. And so I think they're seeing that they might be replicating that, which I'm guessing is because this, is this again, is in reference to the signal being stronger around the subjects than at the tower where it's originating from. So I think it's the feedback is like the radio signal is somehow getting stuck. It's like reverberating in the subjects and therefore the signal is strong at the site in town and that's what the feedback is all right moving on this probably isn't necessary but note when transcribing these please leave out all mention of miss roland my mind may be wandering to lush less what laskicious (laughs) what is that word i didn't even notice that the first time l-a-s-c lascivious what does it mean Feeling or revealing an overt and often offensive sexual desire. Example, he gave her a lascivious wink. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting that one in the word bank. <laughs> Come on, I'm going to use, start using that. In all this nature, and whatever those owls are doing to each other isn't helping. Thanks. Okay, that's a weird thing to admit that's happening to you. And why are you putting thanks at the end of it? Right. Kind of goes hand in hand with my attempt at clapping in the last episode. Now overlooking the lake, Blake sees a few flashes of light in the distance and hears that familiar blast trumpet noise. This occurs very close to what looks like a giant industrial building. So first, first question. He sees and hears this blast, but it doesn't hit him. So are these blasts directional? Can they aim them? Can they be aimed? I think so. They also seem more intentional. It's not like a consistent flash. Like we get two 
pretty much back to back and mm-hmm. it's really close to him. So I'm thinking that they're intentional and it's almost like sound waves or something like that that purposely sees him and maybe there is a trigger that if you cross this line, the slash will release and we're going to try to drown you and kill you. We do see the industrial building around this. Do you think this is a Murkoff location? Perhaps the new location that Helen Granat Granat was talking about in Whistleblower? I think so. I think that's a new location, probably under a different company name, though, like someone that maybe Murkoff is supporting or some kind of other shell company. So then are we under the belief then that Murkoff is sending out these blasts and that it's probably the radio signals? Probably. So then do you think that there's the the directional piece of it? Do you think that they're sending different blasts to like the different groups like the the Nothers and the Valors? Are they getting different blasts to alter them, brainwash them differently? I don't think so. I think some of these blasts are used more as a security mechanism. Like if you get close, then we're going to start blasting you. So I guess I'll tell you one of my my more put together theories at this point. Mm -hmm. And some of it does include something that you said. Considering everything that we know so far and building off of a theory I mentioned previously. So are these blasts slash trumpets of these part of a Murkoff test? And are they to trigger the patients, the subjects to recall their painful memories? And that's why we hear so much familiar dialogue like they're in my blood and they want to get out. Do you think that person in particular and probably some other ones, do you think they're remembering the tests at Mount Massive and that's their painful memories? I think so. I don't know what else would have got them to say those same lines because they're way too similar to for it to be a coincidence. And so why others are recalling either personal memories or tests at Mount Massive, Blake is recalling his worst memory of Jessica and all of this, doing this to all of them is in an effort to increase the horror for a better response to the morphogenic engine. <laughs> and this is the part you kind of touched on earlier. Did the helicopter not necessarily get knocked by the blast? But did the pilot crash because he was transported by the radio frequency to a bad memory and therefore was not in the present to fly the helicopter? I mean, it could be both. It could be the blast, but I think I, I'm still sticking with ultimately it's the radio frequency and everything that caused everyone because it almost sounds like a more like the issue was with the plane and not with the driver. So I'm thinking that, yeah, maybe, but I do think the main reason why the plane crashed was because of the blast that probably shut down the systems or something. Well, the driver passed like slumps over. Before or after or during. Like right at it, if I'm remembering correctly. So I guess it's the order of when did the pilot pass out? Was it right after and then the plane goes down or the plane starts to go down and then he passes out or all at the same time? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that's just my question is, can it affect somebody that quickly? Could it, could it affect the I pilot so. that quickly to where that could be what causes the crash? Continuing to wander around... Blake finds a document. So this document is Mark slash Aaron. If you find this, head straight back to Temple Gate and tell Papa Noth there is horror and torment here that tests even my faith in God. Men alone cannot face it. The enemy waits in the darkness here. God save my soul and yours. That's a bit creepy. And (laughs) 
it it almost seems like for some reason the way I'm reading it I feel like Noth knows where this place is and he knows that's where the enemy is and I feel like Noth purposely sent them to go check out the situation and report back to him that's just the vibes I'm getting from reading that note yeah what exactly is the enemy because we've been thinking maybe it's the antichrist in quotes this fake baby but this doesn't seem like it in this context because they're like evil the enemy he it waits in the darkness like they're being tormented now by something the crazy thing is that again the enemy is dubbed by noth right what if the enemy is a group of people from more civilized parts trying to save these people and they're like oh they're the enemy so what if all this so-called torture and everything is truly maybe like therapy and help trying to help these people escape this area and the people are like you're the enemy you're torturing us when in fact it is probably not torture maybe (laughs) that was a big theory to throw at me Um, (laughs) let me let me tell you mine (laughs) it's it's not as deep is Murkoff manufacturing the enemy and then obviously like what is it and would it get stronger, more intense the closer you are to the building? Because this is the first time that we've seen the facility. So if you're like that close, do you think this enemy just gets more intense? But I feel like proximity just means that the enemy isn't like a person or anything. It's more of like a the towers or some kind of frequency. And so yeah, I'm not like ho- quite the hallucinations sure. maybe. Maybe yeah. they're hallucinating an enemy. Maybe the enemy is, like, everyone after their hallucination, it's their biggest fear or thing. So, like, for Blake, his enemy, quote-unquote, is Jessica. And so maybe each person has their own different type of enemy, and that's why they call it that, versus a single type of enemy that is for everyone. Or would it be, like, the tongue monster? Do you think, if if he's being tormented by this creepy tongue monster, do you think that the other subjects are being tormented by by something similar even if it's not maybe the same design it's a similar effect i think so i think the goal is to creep someone out so there's another document that i feel like we should probably dissect again it is addressed to reverend noth which is the first time we've heard him referred to as that i will not be returning from my hunting trip for several weeks and so hope seth reaches you with this letter more swiftly Checking the traps on the far side of the mountain, approximately five miles beyond the mines, I spotted metal towers among the tallest trees. They appeared to be camouflaged, but poorly, by oddly symmetrical leaves. Anything yet? I felt like I said leaves really weird, but we're going to just ignore that. So it almost seems man-made. Yeah. It's purposely planted there. It's not something that was there. It's intentional. Yeah, it reminds me of those... (laughs) telephone poles in California where they try to disguise them as a tree and it's really obvious someone's trying to hide something from them right like hiding radio towers maybe but he continues on to say I attempted to hike to the base of the towers thinking I could find out what they were what they were for or at least who built them but I don't expect I got much more than a mile in their direction before I was overcome with waking dreams as of a power I had never before experienced. I saw things I cannot describe. There were flames and insects, and what may have been mouths and may have been sex organs? 
This is where it gets weird. What are your thoughts so far? They're powerful enough to get someone to go into, like, dream mode. But the way he dreams of, like, flames, insects, mouths, and sex organs and everything, it's almost as if he was transported into Mount Massive. That's the setting that I feel like the person got transported back to. And I don't know how you do that. Or maybe if it's just an illusion. But it would make sense that he wouldn't be able to trace his steps back because he's no longer there. He's at Mount Massive and somehow the note got transported back or something. I don't know. That's just a crazy theory. Yeah, well, off of that, let's let's read the next paragraph. So, I must have walked from inside my dream state because I found myself on waking a great distance away and have not been able to trace my steps back to those humming towers. So, I do think that these towers are putting off a radio frequency that pushes the brainwash slash dream state on the subjects. And I think you are correct in that part of it is defense. And I think maybe that they're brainwashing people who get too close even more intensely um, so that they don't figure out what's going on, that they can't see what's going on. So I think it's both where it's like it's it's so strong at the towers that it, it is its own defense mechanism. And it is also what is causing the dream state to induce the horror. So my question is, if it's a defense mechanism, why aren't they killing these people off or something in that? Why do what they're doing now? I, I think they just are testing on them. I don't think they care if they live or die. I mean, obviously, it's not great if they all die because then they have no more test subjects. <laughs> so I think they just don't really care. They're just trying to see what works, you know, what's the right formula. But my question Sad. is, why all this focus on, like, sex and reproduction? It seems odd. And like, talking is this about just... lust and everything, too? Yeah. Is this just related to the, the false pregnancies thing? Or is there more to it? Because it's it's very prevalent you cannot read a document without one word at least having to do with with sex or reproduction it's weird <laughs> it is really creepy are the writers okay like no they're not <laughs> they're yeah. not okay let's continue on and finish out this this document so there were other less dignified responses in my psyche which i cannot put down on paper for embarrassment maybe i'll be able to tell them to you in private upon my return to temple gate john all right moving on Blake finds a raft and is paddling across the lake when a thick fog rolls in and another blast knocks him into the water. So right before the blast, there's like a... They can't see what I'm doing, but you can, you know? Like a yeah. little... It's like, like something's a, fishing for him. Yeah, little hand grab kind of thing. Is this one of the tongues from Tongue Monster? Yeah. I think so. Directly after the blast, all the fish in the lake float dead to the top which is another sign of the apocalypse, and Blake finally realizes that you'd think that he would have noticed sooner considering he went to Catholic school, but... Oh well, he's a little too calm about it, though. He's too calm about everything. The blast made a tidal wave and knocked him into the lake. In the water, he's grabbed by what looks like the tongue monster. Do you agree? Yeah, at first I thought it looked like an eight-legged spider or something like that, but I'm like, <laughs> it's those tongues. Is this tongue monster related to that man that we saw walking into the lake? Maybe that's the tongue monster in human form? I think so. It's like a merman. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Have you seen Cabin in the Woods? No. Mm-mm. I can answer that question because you don't like anything scary. I don't. <laughs> it's a great reference to those of you who have seen it. Merman. As his raft closes in on the mine, Blake is attacked and flees in the water until he's dragged back into the school by the tongue monster. Blake wanders around in the locker rooms and records a bloody shower. And upon reviewing the recording, in reverse, we hear... She was so right with possibility. So resilient. Smiling. And flirting. Never even aware of the power she had. Alright, again, I had to slow it down and clean it up a little bit, so... It sounds a little funky, but I promise you it is easier to hear than if I had not. So I hear... She was so ripe with possibility, so resilient, smiling and flirting, never even aware of the power she had. She was so ripe with possibility, so resilient, smiling and flirting, never even aware of the power she had. Okay, it's way too creepy. So, one, whose perspective? Like, who's saying this? You know what I'm saying? It's it's creepy. It is very creepy. First of all, you can't describe like to any woman of any age. Like you can't <laughs> say that she's ripe or whatever. Like that word mm-mm. in reference to something that is alive is disgusting. <laughs> no, the only time I think it's acceptable is if you're t- talking about food, like food or like fruits. Fruit, fruit only. Fruit and vegetables only. Mm-hmm. Only time it's acceptable. <laughs> Let's make That's, that clear. Yeah. I, I don't like that. I don't like what he's saying that. And it sounds like someone justifying <laughs> rape or child molesting. Yeah, yeah. Something something yucky. And it gets uh, even creepier when almost the next thing that happens is Jessica running away from something and yelling, He's coming! Blake is then led to the computer lab where he finds an incomplete hangman game. We'll probably look at all of these in the summary episode, but I think that this one would spell out not killing is worse than lying. And that doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand that. I'm wondering if there's something about like something bad happened to Jessica, like she got raped or something that by the person who's saying that or by like the tongue monster. And she probably lied about it. The sprinklers start to sprinkle blood. And then Blake is transported back into real life, and it's raining blood here. So is this more proof that the the present and the past are linked, that he's really not going very far away when he's having these dreams? So I'm wondering if there's a correlation between the tower, and we know the tower is powerful enough to get someone into, like, their dream state. So maybe the closer he's getting, the closer he's switching between in and out of the dream state, and he's not fully able to commit to the dream state because he is one of the few that are mm-hmm. I guess sane enough yeah that tracks because we also heard the tongue monster's voice earlier when he wasn't in a dream and now we're seeing blood when he's raining from the sky like he saw in his dream so do you think he's hallucinating this raining blood or do you think other people are saying this too I think he's hallucinating because it's not like he's drenched in red and we don't see mm-hmm. his surrounding like drenched in red versus just the sky and everything. So I think he's hallucinating it. Okay. But I also don't know because if we apply the same theory to the tongue creature, that means that there's another thing that's existing in both 
dream state and reality state. The creature was able to drag him into the water. Like, that's not something that's a hallucination. It really did, I guess, touch him in the reality. Then do you think that the tongue monster is sort of unique and it's more like the wall rider where it's a product of Blake's memories and the radio signals? I think so. Those two make that and so it can exist in both? Yeah, maybe it's a wall rider situation. So, wandering around some more, Blake quickly finds himself back at the school. So, Blake is led to a computer, and we see a chat conversation between himself and Jessica. At first, it seems like this could be happening now or in the past, but it later on seems more likely that this is happening in the past. This is a past memory that he's revisiting. So, she tells Blake that she can see him and to turn around, and when he does, we see her hanging... I didn't know if you're going to read the next slide, but they do talk about Lynn in there. And I'm wondering, is this a situation where she's jealous of Lynn, but she's friends with Lynn, so she can't say, but she knows that Blake probably likes Lynn more. That's why she also even hates him more and is haunting him, because in the end, he chose Lynn versus Jessica. Yeah. I do think there's a weird sort of little love triangle, because she does mention that Lynn wants to talk to him. Blake mentions that there was another screen up on Jessica's computer and she sort of brushes it off. But when the chat closes and the computer screens kind of freak out, we do see that screen again. It looks like a chat page for depressed and anxious Catholics. And the conversation between Jessica and an older married woman suggests that Jessica's father may be physically abusing her. Okay, so major question about this. Assuming that this is a past memory... Does that mean that Blake saw this screen up on her computer and he just, he didn't do anything about it? I think so. Otherwise, why is he so guilty? Maybe he saw it, but at his Mm -hmm. young age, he didn't really quite understand what was going on and therefore he didn't do anything. But now as a grown man, being haunted by everything, he started to see things more clearly, like hindsight is 20-20, and he's able to look back and see this and go like, I missed all the signs. When the computers start going crazy, he films it, and we do get another reverse recording. So, of course, we are going to play that now. And you killed her. You saw what she was. You knew the sin rested on her shoulders as much as on my own. You took her, and I could not. And you killed her. You saw what she was. You knew the sin rested on her shoulders as much as on my own. You took her when I could not. I have a couple things that just just popped up. So one, I think that he has something to do with Jessica's death in the sense of not just being there, but being a participant. Like maybe he helped kill her and ultimately to hide her dying is that they made it look like she hung herself. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking that whoever is saying that, is saying that to Blake to just kind of keep Blake under his control without exposing both of them into trouble and everything. So that's my Mm -hmm. first theory. But my biggest theory right now is that that voice is Noth's voice. And maybe Noth is actually isn't as old as what we think he is. I think in a previous letter it said something that he's 34. So he's at least 34. And I don't know how old Blake is. Maybe Noth and Blake are friends and they went to Catholic school. We know Noth and the way we hear this 
is almost like the whole forgiving, I, I'll forgive your sins and everything, which is what he pretty much tells Val. And that's the tone of voice we are getting from this audio tape. So the more I'm thinking about it, the more it makes sense that it's not on the other side. We have the Murkoff logo sort of subliminal messaging popping up in all these mm -hmm. reverse recordings. So these could just be a product of Murkoff in some way. Mm -hmm. And we're still not sure, like, is Noth a worker or a subject? Any final yeah. thoughts or should we do the uh, battery and bandage count? Let's do the battery and bandage count. All right. What's your guess for batteries? I'm going to operate in a theory that it's eight batteries per hour and six bandages per hour. So I'm going to say eight batteries and six bandages. No. Oh. Oh, no. The trend is broken. You know, I get it right. Oh. Three batteries. Oh, what? One bandage. Leah, you're not doing so well. To be well fair, I saw a few that I didn't pick up. <laughs> Okay, then that's not on me. It's not on me. You it's chose It's not on to. you. I chose to ignore them. Yeah. Because <laughs> his, po his pockets were full. Just remember, not killing is worse than lying, everybody. So, get out there and kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the message. <laughs> Don't say Don't that. Do it. Don't do it. Uh, all right, anything else or should we hop off? I think we're ready to hop off. And we'll right. count us off. Audacity on one, three, two, one. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to send in any questions, comments, or game suggestions. You can find all our contact info on our website, replayreviewspod.com, or contact us directly through our site. Did we completely miss something? Are we way off the mark? Or do you just want us to take a deeper look at anything from the game? We'll tackle any topics you all want to hear in our season wrap-up episode. We also have a Reddit where we discuss anything we're curious about. Go take a look and let us know what you're thinking. Our theme music is Condemned by Eggy Toast. They'll play you out, and we'll be back next week.